What have you been doing with your time? Uh, not much. Just like the usual answer every week I could give of editing, streaming, and playing a lot of Destiny. Okay, fair enough. I thought you said you needed something to your dog. What? Some, something happened with your dog, didn't it? What do you mean? You, you told me yesterday. Like he's he's got the old uh, had an injection that's made uh, a, a part of his anatomy a, a bit smaller. It has. Yeah, he's um. I was baffled like, by it. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because like, it amazed me when you just said my dog got an injection and it made his balls small. I'm like, like that's a thing. Yeah, it's like um a like six month injection thing of like a, it's like almost like a chemical castration to test out whether he'd um behaviorally be okay with um getting himself done because we've we've like had a uh, some behavioral problems that we're like working on and stuff and it's nothing too severe. Um, yeah. but it's just like you know. The vet suggested that it might be a bit traumatic with the way he is at the moment. So, like, this is a good test bed. But, yeah, it's just weird because, like, all of a sudden, after it kicked in, like, it takes, like, six weeks to kick in. Mm-hmm. It's, like, almost overnight his balls have, like, shrank down to nearly nothing. And I'm like, what's happened? And the only reason I wanted to bring this up is because um, that is the literal exact opposite of those, like, cliche internet ads of, like, you know, the ones of, like, oh, make your dick grow 10 inches overnight. It's like, and we all know that stuff's fake because if it was real, yeah. it, you wouldn't need to advertise it on shady internet websites. Like, it would be announced from billboards. It would be the most popular thing for, like, 50 per- Well, I was about to say for 50% of the population, arguably more. Yes, and uh, but the fact that there's apparently the, the exact opposite exists where it's an injection that makes your balls shrink. <laughs> and it just that was really amusing to me. So you said it yesterday on stream, like that's never a thing, and apparently it is. Yeah, and uh, I, I, like not for for listeners. If you're really that like, curious, Carl, I can take a picture and show you. Do it before do and it. after. Do I, like that's the thing. I've got plenty of shots of like before, so I could I you, could send you a personal after shot. Yeah, you've got those like candid and for reference Lucas doesn't take a picture of his dog's balls it's just like you know when a dog lies on its belly they're kind of just there yeah they're just there's not they're just on show and he's got no shame about showing them off because he's a dog uh, so, yeah i just thought that was really amusing because i was just thinking about it of like um uh, <laughs> not like overly in a weird way but just that thing of like it's the opposite of like, oh yeah like increase your dick size in like 10 weeks it's like well, all we need to do is whatever they put in that just make the opposite but I guess the opposite really testosterone. Know, like this is one of those moments where I really wish I could talk to Cade and be just like, ask him, mate. Did like I? I just imagine him turn around like, what the fuck happened? Well, I think dogs and animals don't really seem to care about stuff like that, do they? It's um, like when you see dogs that have got like a leg missing or something like that, and mm. after a couple of weeks they're fine with our animals. Like presumably it does bother them, but I think they lack the higher reasoning function to be able to understand it. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Like, either that or they're just more well-adjusted than we are and can just deal with it. It's like, well, I'm not dead. Let's let's go on. That's like just the natural innate drive of all living things to survive and propagate, isn't it? It's like a friend of mine has a dog with three legs and it's still, if you ask it to shake, will offer up its, its nub. Mm, yeah. It offers its nub. And I'm not sure if he trained the dog to specifically offer up the nub <laughs> to make it awkward or not. <laughs> Which is like, he just says, like, give me a shake, and he just offers up his little nub, and it's like, yeah, it's like um, oh no, Simon. One of my one of my high school friends, like, she had a, a few dogs, and, like, one of them was three-legged, and it just run around with the other dogs and play along as much as it could, and didn't really seem to 
have a care in the world about it. Well, it's that famous statistic about London, isn't it, where a researcher went out and counted the number of feet that all the pigeons had. And you might be thinking, wait, surely the answer is just two. And it's like, no, because it is pretty much just a stereotype that in any city centre, all the pigeons will have one of their feet missing. Mm. And it's like the average number of feet possessed by a pigeon in um, central London is 1.8. I was going to say, especially in London, like it's rough down there. Yeah, it's because like they get their feet caught in like the tops of cans of pop and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, or BMs. But it's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> just the average number of feet of pigeons is 1.8. And um, yeah, it's that weird thing, isn't it? Of like, I'm sure technically if you took an average of like how many limbs an average human has, it would you know, be presumably like three point something because not everyone has four limbs. Like, yeah, no, but it'd be similar for humans. I just found that really funny. I had to pay someone to not pay. I think it was like a university study <laughs> like, or something like that. Just someone for their uni um, course decided like, I'm just going to do a a, um, a study on how many feet pigeons have and then I use that as a jumping idea. off point. I, like, it probably was something like that, but I really like the idea that like, uh, you know, some council in London is paying this researcher like, go and count pigeons' feet. What? Please, like, this is a really needed statistic Very important. for the city of London. Well, stuff like that's always reported in that like smarmy way of like, why did they do this? And usually when they do studies like that, it's either someone doing it for like a university thing. Mm-hmm. And even in that case, when they do do that, it's um, usually a jumping off point for a wider discussion. I believe the original discussion of that is like, you know, the problem of pollution and um, uh, litter in London, as highlighted by the fact that the average number of pigeons, it's a quantifiable number that they have less than two feet because the amount of rubbish on the streets Mm. um, cause them to lose their legs and stuff like that. Yeah. So even when you have those like ostensibly silly studies, um, uh, there usually is a pretty serious reason why it's being done. It's just they know that an eye-catching way or a way to attract attention to it is to have that inherently similar, uh, silly premise behind it. Have an Draw interesting people. headline, yeah. Yeah, and that's why um, almost every news story that repeats a study will repeat like the most saline piece of information that can just grab headlines, or grab attention for headlines. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I think my favourite or just most memorable version of that was just one day in the Metro. It was just, oh yeah, it's statistically shown that um, the average seagull in Liverpool is obese. That's okay. Like, no, we just got, we've got really fat seagulls. Just, just like... obese pigeons. And again, it sounds silly, but that's like a, a problem with like litter and like, you know, um, uh, all that stuff. Like, yeah, there's that much just crap on the streets that scavenging animals are now obese. Yeah, exactly. There's that much like shitty takeaway left on the side that they can just scavenge as many fucking chips as they want to the point where, yeah, they're getting obese. And that's the like, p- seagulls are terrifying as well. Because, like, a story that goes round every couple of years is, like, someone's dog goes missing. Mm. And it's just a seagull took it. And if you're thinking, wait a minute, how does someone lose a dog to a seagull? Usually it's a small dog, maybe a puppy, or something mm-hmm. like a chihuahua. And seagulls are fucking big. Way bigger than you think, yeah. And they can come down, and sometimes they'll get people's dogs and eat them. And imagine yeah. that, like, telling your kid, your dog got eaten by a seagull. They're never going to believe that, are they? No. And you see seagulls when they spot someone with chips on beach, and it's like, well, then maybe they would. Well, I think I've mentioned uh, before on the podcast, like that time where I was working at um, Anando's, and it was like, oh, yeah, they had outdoor seating, and I walk out to go clear the plates, and there's just a seagull eating the chips, and it squared up to me. I was like, ah, I don't get paid enough to fight this seagull. <laughs> I'm not fighting. Do you know what I imagine it's like? Do you know that scene in Shaun of the Dead 
where before they realise zombies are a thing, and that girl in the garden is like, oh, yeah. and then he had, like, about it. and Sean has that moment where he sees that, wait, there's something wrong with this person. Like, there is, mer- there's nothing behind the eyes. They're actually mm-hmm. trying to hurt me. And then he throws them off. Yeah. That's why I imagine that's like with a seagull. Like, Aha, it's just a seagull. It's not going to do much. <laughs> then you'd look and you go, oh, wait a minute. This seagull's going to kill. I the think this is funny. Like, the seagull's fighting for its life. I, I genuinely just thought, over oh, walk over, the seagull will just fly away because that's what most birds do. But it just, like, you know, opened up its wings and showed off its wingspan, like, come at me. I'm like, nah. Nah. It's, not, it's not worth minimum wage to lose my eye to a seagull over a plate of chips. <laughs> it's like, you know what? You've earned them chips. Oh, man, because it's... Uh... Oddly enough, that reminds me of like a YouTube rabbit hole I went on. Hmm. And it's one of those things where the YouTube rabbit hole initially started in high spirits, and then it ended with me just delving into um, someone's past and be like, oh, no. Oh, no. So are you familiar, or do you remember, the show Balls of Steel? Uh, yeah, that was the one where, like, they'd go around London doing those practical jokes and stuff, right? Yes, so if people who aren't familiar with the show, Balls of Steel was, like, I think what's called it, like, a, I guess a prank show, um, where the story behind it is uh, Channel 4 had a bunch of pictures for prank shows that they never, they didn't think could make full episodes out of or a full series. So they decided to combine them all into like a meta show called Balls of Steel, where it's ostensibly the people taking part are um, uh, going out and pranking the public with a character they created. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that the characters they created were good for like one-off skits, but not enough to carry an entire show on their own. Yeah, and like, you know, a lot of the time it'd be re- recurring pranks and jokes, but yeah, when that's put in a, like a minute clip every time there's a weekly episode or whatever it's not that bad yeah and uh, there was a couple on there that got quite famous i believe like alex zane um as like a presenter in his own right now i remember the name alex zane yeah yeah alex zane did like um, a fake um uh, game shows and things like that um there's another one now what was the, the other name that got quite big from it like the guy uh, who did uh, gone something and then there was like the annoying devil the annoying devil like the one that people might probably like realize is from the show without realizing it's from the show is the guy shouting on like the comically big cell phone that wasn't no no that was um uh, trigger happy tv oh was that not balls of steel no that yeah, was trigger happy go, TV. Like, again there was so much shit like that going around is like i thought that one was balls of steel yeah but like that balls of steel was inspired by trigger happy tv where people watching that thought well i can just go out onto the street with a video camera and be a dickhead Mm, and they'll yeah. record me doing it. And uh, one of the people on that is Nedge. Do you remember Nedge's Urban Sports? I don't think so. Okay, so Nedge's Urban Sports, because I remember, I was remembering this show and describing it to my girlfriend. She's like, what do you mean? So I looked for the clip on YouTube of Nedge's Urban Sports. And one of the things, uh, the idea was that he would invent, quote unquote, new sports that were essentially him being a dickhead. The guy basically invented do you know those challenges people do on TikTok and stuff where they just like, harass people on the street. Mm-hmm. And then, like watching it back as a kid, uh, as an adult, it's like, man, I laugh like an asshole at this sort of thing. And this is just assault. Oh right, okay. And one of them was um, the McDonald's bowl off or burger bowl off, where it is you throw burgers at people as you drive past in your car. So and just full a, on being a complete asshole. Yeah, then, yeah, and as a teenager, you find that hilarious. And I remember I was telling my girlfriend like, he nails one guy with a Big Mac so perfectly, and his balls so he slaps off his head. And it's just this absolutely perfect shot from like half a mile away with a Big Mac that slaps this guy on the back of the head. But then the more we watched, the more we realised, oh, this guy 
he's really aggressive. And then I noticed, wait a minute, what channel on YouTube uploaded this? That says Nedge. Oh. And I was like, hang on a second. Does this guy still make content? And Lucas, he still makes content. Is he still throwing Big Macs at people? He's still doing Yes, he had a short-lived spin-off in America. Because a quick Google of him, it's like, oh, just, you know, Google Nedge Urban Sports, and it's like, yeah, the burger bowl off, and then, like, America burger bowl off, and then knock and don't run, where he presumably just, like, yeah. knocks at people's houses and stands there. No, so for... Um, uh... Clarification, Balls of Steel aired from 2005 to 2008, according to this. Oh, that's later than I thought. Okay. And he was on this, but he has a YouTube channel where he still uploads stuff. And here's where, like, you know, the, the rabbit hole starts. Because one of the things he did is he had an American version where he was throwing fries on people. So mm. seagulls would come down. And again, right. it's kind of funny until you get the context of you go on his YouTube channel. And I'm going to try and bring up his YouTube channel now because all I need to do is just read out the titles of some of his videos. Okay. And then you'll know what I mean because uh, this is one of those things where, like, prank shows are so difficult to get right. Yes. And, uh, like, oh, no, wait, I've got the wrong one. Damn it. Because I just put in Nedge and it brings up somebody else. Hmm. Oh, there we go. World of Nedge on YouTube. So there we go. Now I'm just going to go on to his videos. And uh, his last video was about seven months ago. But I think the fact that he's still going, like, Literally twelve years after Balls of Steel what, ended, like fourteen years, didn't you say? Fourteen years, after. yeah, yeah. And he has a character. He has a character here called Annie the Tranny. Oh God! Oh. Yeah, where he just goes into situations dressed like a woman and harasses people. Great, like you know yeah. when a title is like that, they're not doing it in a in like a dignified way or anything. They're just being a complete asshole. Yeah. Great. Like, love to see that people still make money off this shit. And that's well, the thing is, Luke, he doesn't make money because his last video got 2.4k views. And right. this is what made me, like, this is where the start of the depression kicked in. Mm. Of He was making these videos still, like, evidently riding the high from Balls of Steel and mm. trying to do the same thing years later and getting absolutely no traction from doing yeah. so. But Almost then it got a little like bit worse. You need to evolve as a comedian. But then it got a little bit worse. So I went, you know what? Let's go check out his Twitter account. I'm just curious what he does on Twitter. And he has a Twitter account. And he's mm. still doing Twitter accounts. And Lucas, what would be the thing that you'd imagine someone's Twitter account would be absolutely full of for you to be like, <sighs> Well, there's a lot of things, Carl. But recently. How recent? Like, like you know, a big, the biggest story of the last couple of years. Just COVID stuff and vac- he's anti-vaccine an, he, and stuff. He's an anti-vaxxer, yeah. Yeah. I was like, it, are we talking like the last week of news recent or are we talking, yeah. Fair. Yeah, but he's a huge anti-vaxxer and I was just scrolling down his profile with like my girlfriend then. All it is, like he literally doesn't do anything but tweet about COVID. Uh... And then it emerged like um, uh, the guy who hosted Balls of Steel Mark Dolan is also a huge piece of anti-vax shit. And it's just that thing of like, it started with me like, oh, here's a funny thing I remember from being a kid. I remember it being kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. Put it on. And then we realize how mean-spirited is watching it. Going, wow, yeah, I was a bit of a dick when I was a kid to laugh at this. And yeah. then you see the later videos. Then you see he's still doing it. Then you see that they like, you know, go to his YouTube channel and it's like basically dead, but he tried to do it for 10 years and never got any traction. And then it's like, oh, he's still riding this on like Twitter and other social media, but he's a huge piece of shit. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just, that was a journey overnight, and it's just, oh. Yeah. And, like, I think there are, there's definitely, like, you know, a similar kind of, like, those weird prank shows. Like, there is a space for them, and I think they can be done well. But I think... But um, Just for Laughs. Just for Laughs has never been taught. I don't remember what one that was. Just for Laughs is the uh, Canadian one, and they still do it. Mm. They still do it now. See, like, I was going to say, like, um, just the general core premise, I think it has to be more about inflicting punishment on the people who make the show rather than people in public who didn't ask for it. Like, you know, you, you think of, like, Jackass, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, it's, you know, up and down in terms of quality. But, like, in Practical Jokers, it's all about, like, inflicting pain upon their friends rather than the people in the public. And the embarrassment. And with Just for Laughs, everything they do is, like, it's super wholesome. Everybody, mm-hmm. it's the essence of what a prank's supposed to be, which is just a mild moment of bafflement on behalf of the prank, of the person who's being pranked. And then everyone gets... Um, um, paid for their appearance on the show and they have to sign a waiver saying they're happy for the footage to air. Yeah. yeah. And their pranks are just like, just compared to some of the stuff like, you know, Ned, like walking up and just throwing burgers at people when they're waiting for a bus or something. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more craft and creativity because they are stuck, not stuck like they're, because they don't want to hurt anybody or upset somebody. Like there's, it's that old thing of um, uh, when there are limitations, it just inspires more creativity because you're acting within the confines of those limitations and you find ways to do things outside of it. When you have like basically carte blanche to do whatever you want, you devolve to a guy who just throws burgers at people on the street. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's a good limitation to have. I, I definitely think that people should give themselves those limitations of like leave people that didn't ask for this bullshit out of it. But like, yeah, it it's still a limitation as you say, creatively. And it yeah, and they it, have some amazing, amazing like just jokes that they've pulled off and mm. they're like a staple of Canada and, it, and like, it's a, it is admittedly a stereotype but trust Canada to make like the wholesome prank show yeah and they like they're still going to this day and I recommend their YouTube channel if you just want a rabbit hole to fall down of just mm. like watching these just really well done crafted pranks that are really like some of them are super creative like they do one where it is um, they ask somebody oh can you take a photo of me yeah and they go, okay, yeah. And what they do is um, they have a person off camera who takes a photo of the person taking the photo, um, gets their face, puts it on a T-shirt, and then the person goes, do you mind if I just go change my shirt? And they go put a shirt on with the person taking the photo's face while they're taking the photo. And it's, you just see them, they're like, what? <laughs> because it's so fast and they've got yeah. no idea how it works. And that's um, just the thing, like, all it is is just them being like, wait, what? And it's, the reactions are genuinely hilarious because it's just them being like, huh? <laughs> and oh. yeah, I'll have to check that out because that's definitely my, more my kind of vibe. I get really frustrated by, as you say, like the things I admittedly laughed at as a 13-year-old not knowing mm-hmm. any better, but it's just going back and watching. It. It's like, you just assaulted a person. It's not yeah. fun. And that's the thing as well of like, when we were like what 13 14 watching this but you know you look at like nedge the guy who like nedge i think it's the actual name nedge dupree and you mm. already know like from his name dupree like, he probably didn't grow up in the most um uh, harshest of homes yeah and uh it's like, he's 42 and still doing it still thinking that prime comedy is just like aggravating people in public mm-hmm 
It's like right. uh, who is it now? Like Tommy Robinson, where his name, his actual real name is like St- um, Stefan Laxley or Yaxley or something like that, and uh, he refuses to use that name because it like kind of hides. It kind of showcases the fact he's not a working class hero. He's a rich dickhead. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just thought that was a that was a rabbit hole I went on of like, oh, this started so fun and ended so poorly. Yeah, yeah. And they have one here, like one of the criticisms of the show is uh, one of the things that the people would do is uh, they would interview celebrities and just be a dick. But again, it depends how you do that because like Eric Andre does that very fucking well. Yeah, but um, one of the things that she'd do is she had a um, a microphone that was had water pistol in it and sprayed it at the celebrities. And the one is where she does it to Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise gets really annoyed. He's like, why would you do that to me? I'm taking time out of my day to talk to you. And mm-hmm. she tries to walk away and he's like, no, 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 no. Why did you do that? That wasn't very nice. I want an explanation. And it's like they framed it as Tom Cruise being a bell end. It's like, no, you sprayed water in his face when he's taking time. Like Tom Cruise famously stays on the red carpet for like eight hours mm-hmm. to yeah, talk yeah. to everybody. And then someone was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna be a bell end. And it says here that Urban Sports, after the second season, people because they were familiar with it, would set their friends up and he'd get them. But right. the first season, it was on unsuspecting members of the street. Mm-hmm. So he was just going up to random unsuspecting people on the street and throwing burgers at them. And, like, that's that's no better than just... Assault. ...random knobheads when they, like, throw shit out of the car and film it on their phones. Yeah, but he, he was getting a TV show for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I thought it was in. But then as well, like, the host of that show ended up being a piece of shit, and that's all he does. He was that guy on the radio, which is why it's so hilarious he did it on the radio, where he cut up a mask at the start of the pandemic. Oh, fucking hell. Of being like, well, I don't need to wear these. And I remember, just I saw that, and just I retweeted it, because he's like, the guy's going bald. And he just, like, you zoom in right on his bald spot, where he's clearly got his hair swept forward. Of like, there's one thing that's ineffectual at covering a face here, mate, and it's not that mask. <laughs> Yeah, I just again there are ways to do these kind of like funny silly shows, but just mm-hmm. like beating people up with fast food is not the answer. Yeah, well, yeah, and that was like, a... it's, it's just we, the worst part is the fact that they're still trying to like get traction with that kind of comedy now. Yeah, not realizing that it has been unilaterally rejected by the wider public mm-hmm. for ten years straight, and in their head, it's like, well, no, eventually I'll make it big again. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, yeah. Have you had anything like that recently? Because I believe you mentioned yesterday you had a uh, a similar but slightly different situation where you saw something like I need to talk about this because that was the one for me recently that I recalled when you mentioned those chips. I was like, oh, because that's one of the things he does. He throws chips at people and seagulls mm. attack them. Um, I mean, I I found a, a a dive of a Reddit post. It's like okay. quite long. It's normally me who does this. It's normally me who brings in like the uh, the saucy, spicy takes. So and I'm this, interested this to know what yours like, is. This is a relationships post. Okay, I love our relationships. Yeah. <laughs> it is an absolute shit show. So this is one that was posted, uh, it's currently the 8th of March. It was posted on the 3rd of March and has now been removed. Okay, so something we have to clarify is, we know that this post might not be real. We always have to clarify when we talk about mm-hmm. it. It might be something someone made up, but the responses from people are real. Yeah. And it's the responses that we generally talk about. It's, uh, we, I think one we mentioned in the past was that bouncer who takes people home and undresses them and puts them in his bed. 
and it was framed as wholesome. It's like, well, this could very well be made up. Well, the people responding to it are responding to it as if it's real, and their reactions are what's scary about this, that they don't think there's a problem with this behavior. Mm -hmm. So with that caveat out of the way, Lucas, describe this post to me. So I'll give you the the headline to start with. Uh, I am male 34, and my wife is female 29. Uh, She has asked me to pay her almost $50,000 to have our child, and I'm not quite sure what to do. Okay. So 50,000. Let's just get that in context for us. It's like, um, I, so $50,000 in pounds. So $50,000 in pounds, just so we have it in like both currencies. So that's about 38,000 pounds sterling. So let's just average that out to about 40 grand. Mm-hmm. Just so we know. So a year and a half wage for uh, the average person. I was going to say like the average wage is something in the 20s, I believe. It's like 24. So that's like a year, two years wage after tax for the average person. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, this, this starts out. I have known slash been dating my wife for six years and we have been spiritually married for two years. We are not legally married, although at this point we are essentially in common law. Okay. Uh, which again, like starts out really strange. Yes. And that is a legal precedent in the UK. Well, I think if you live together with someone for about 10 years, it's considered that you are not legally married, but for the purpose of if you break up, because by that point in a relationship, you've probably bought things together. Mm -hmm. So it's assumed that you would have shared assets at that point and you are able to claim them um, in a breakup and like, you know, go through the arbitration process that a divorce couple ordinarily would. Yeah, and I don't know the exact specifics behind it, no lawyer or anything, but I did notice in the comments that a few people were saying that in America, a lot of um, states would not, either would not practice um, common law, like that for common law at all, but also like they haven't been together for long enough. If like, yeah, that usually was the it's a couple of years. So you, um, like, the rule in the UK is about eight to 10 years. Yeah. That's where, you get, that's where you get the old joke from Frankie Boyle of, well, my stuff's shit, so I gladly trade half of it for 10 years of sex. There's <laughs> an old Frankie Boyle joke about that one. But continue, Lucas. Like, so they've been together so, for two years. They've been together for six, and they've been six. Okay. spiritually married for two years. Okay. Uh, so this is a long post, so I won't like read all of it verbatim. But I'll um, give me the uh, the give the pretty general gist. But like, yeah, we're both high earners, both earning over one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars a year after tax. Okay, so that's combined income of about a quarter of a million between them. Uh, Easy yeah, in over, our money. Yeah. Um, they've purchased home together and they agreed to split the finances 50-50. It says, we paid for our wedding, honeymoon, everything 50-50, although I did pay for the cost of our rings and our engagement ring, but they're also not married. So So I don't know how this works out exactly. Maybe it's paid in advance. Uh, Yeah, and then like our mortgage payments are are 50-50. So basically like everything they have is 50-50, but they keep their finances separate because they're both... Highly independent people and both very career-driven. Yeah, so imagine that that story is probably they got engaged during the pandemic and the reason it's been like, you know, spiritually married for two years is two years ago they would have been married. Mm-hmm. So Maybe, they paid yeah. for everything, it's just they've not gotten married yet, I guess. Um, and then he also says, it's part of the reason I'm so attracted to her. She's amazing at what she does. I'm so proud to be able to introduce her as my wife because she's so independent. And I just want Where's people to remember that. 
It's coming in. Like that's the thing. Whenever you hear this, there's a butt marching towards this sentence. Yeah. And um basically like, you know, COVID and all that, they decided like they've saved up quite a bit and stuff. Maybe now's a good time to like have kids. Okay. So uh they've started like they went off birth control and just like see how it goes for now. Uh and then like, oh, okay. I come back home the other day and my wife was on the phone to her sister. Then she's like, oh, can we have a, a serious talk? So I made her some tea and brought upstairs. Uh, it's like, oh, her place allows for maternity leave for up to a year, but only 50% of salary for up to the first six months. Then the other six months is unpaid, which is how a lot of it works in like America, I believe. Okay. That seems pretty standard. Um, it's like, look, the insurance that we've got is good. It'll take care of most of the costs. But like taking a six month pay cut would be like $50,000 and she's asking me to compensate her for that in addition to agreeing to like spend any other like you know unexpected costs due to pregnancy childbirth etc etc mm-hmm. um her stance is that she's doing something for us to start a family is not a true 50 50 split if she's expected to take the entire financial hit for us uh given that our finances are separate and it's like she's printed out a list of expectations in terms of what she expects financially listed some things that insurance covers and some things that do not um and basically like she's been very well prepared for this she's like got like a binder with like loads of information notes explanations of expenses like mm-hmm. a few years worth of like financial planning and stuff and then basically he's just like oh i see the logic in all of this but she's essentially paying me to have her child and i'm really turned off by this idea yeah it's it kind of takes the uh the romance out of it doesn't it um yeah for sure but also like this woman is just being very pragmatic and very sensible and it's like well if we're financially independent from one another why the fuck am i taking the entire fall which is a fair point yes and it's uh, a very adult way of approaching a relationship because you are like creating stuff like one of the reasons why a lot of relationships break down is because they don't have effective communication or they don't have uh, the ability to um, verbalize um, issues that they have and they just devolve into arguments and whatnot. So I can see the point here of breaking it all down, but just it just seems so clinical. And you don't think of like child rearing as being something like that. You think of it as a more abstract in a sense. Yeah, for so- sure. And I think like it's weird for her to to kind of like just go from like zero to 100 and here's everything i've planned out and blah 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 but at the same time it's like this guy's phrasing it it's like well now my my wife's made this a financial transaction and like i don't like the fact that this is now all about finances when you know he was comfortable letting his wife take a a year off work a year off work go through like you know the entire process of having a child losing out on whole her money and he's like, well, you know, I don't really like the fact that she's now making it a financial transaction. It's like, no, this doesn't come up in most relationships because most people decide at that point to have like a shared financial situation. Hence why this doesn't come up very often. But yeah, or they're just more steeped in the more traditional and misogynistic patriarchal view of it of like it's the woman's job. So and she I'm does the breadwinner, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like it can yeah. fall into one or two categories, but yeah. And, and it's that's just, the thing as well. Of if he got asked to take a year off work, he'd probably always oh, gonna look after me then. Yeah, 
you guarantee it happened. That's how it happened every time. It's like, well, if I if I if I'm expected to take a year off to look after the kid, you should be like helping me with the finances. Mm-hmm. And so. um, there's some extra stuff in like the comments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, okay, like, here we go. Um, well, just some of the replies where it's like, oh, so like, why aren't you married? It's like, oh, well, uh, we're both hesitant on the idea of marriage, but I suppose like I oppose it way more than she does. It's like, um. If I am going to be with someone, I don't want it to be out of compliancy with d- avoiding divorce. If I think I should um, leave somebody, oh. I should just be able to walk away with any- without any significant changes. People lie is. and cheat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These are the, this is the exact same energy as guys who say, "Well, why do I need to celebrate Valentine's Day? Why do I need a day to tell me that I love you?" And it's like that's just an excuse because you don't want to fucking do it. Just say you don't want to do it. Yeah, because, like, I'm one of those people very much, and so is my girlfriend, but, like, we're the type of people that actually do things on the days that aren't Valentine's Day that are romantic, yes, whereas... can confirm. A lot of the time, it's, yeah, just lazy person going, like, well, I don't want to be romantic, essentially. Yeah. And do you know who has the best excuse for that? It's my dad. Okay. My dad, um, because his mother died on Valentine's Day. Oh, fair, yeah. So like every time, I, and he, he jokes about it now, so she's been passed for a very long time, but I was out uh, with him and his missus just um, uh, getting a coffee. And so, so you guys do anything for Valentine's Day? And my dad went, well, you know, on Valentine's Day, I go put um, some flowers on my mum's grave and I'm, I'm I'm kind of like a bit exhausted from that. And he's going, shut up, Stuart. <laughs> and he just started laughing. And he, um, like, we do that thing in Friends where Phoebe talks like her mum committing suicide and uses it as like a thing to get out of stuff. It's like, you, okay, you get to use that once today. You've already used it once. And she goes, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. So like, that's the inbuilt excuse. Here, but that's the, it's, it's guys who don't want to have to put the effort in. Yeah. And then try to play it off like they are being like cool, calm and logical. When realistically, you just don't want to do it. And she's yeah. fine. It's perfectly fine. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. Just say Man, I love that he's, like, defended himself going, like, oh, um, but, like, the person you're with today isn't the person that you're with five years from now. People change, and the version of themselves that you fell in love with won't be that person anymore. So, but you've been with her for six years. But, yeah, you've been with her for six years. You've said you're spiritually married and that you want to have kids with this person, but at the same time, you're like, oh, well, you know... uh, I do want to be able to, like, run away at a fucking drop of, like, penny. Just like, get a, Jesus Christ. Just, just get a prenup, then. Yeah, that's why prenups exist. But, like, yeah. you can tell that that person knows that's why prenups exist, but it's not about, like, the, that thing. It's the, the entire problem is the fact that he's even thinking about leaving her in the first place. Yeah, it's never the strong... And then I'd argue that if you can't see yourself being with your wife in five years or your girlfriend in five years... Why are you thinking about raising a kid together? Because you're going to have that kid for at least eighteen. <laughs> and it's like, so if you ca- if you can't even see five years into yeah. the future with the woman, why would you raise a child together? Because they're definitely going to be changed then. Because like the baby you have is go- definitely going to be different in five years. Because it'll be like you know a f- the beginnings of a fully formed human with a personality and um, wants and desires. Yep, yeah, and um, it, they literally have replied in another comment. Okay. It's like, um, people have children outside of marriage all the time. That's okay. People don't stay with their spouses forever, and that's fine too. Nothing um, says anything about the willingness to care for children, which, aside from being morally obligated to do, I would be legally obligated to do if we ever had children. It's like, oh, for 
You'd be legally obligated to take care of your kid anyway, because it's your fucking kid. But the fact that this person's even sitting there going, yeah, of course I'd look after my kid, because I'm legally obliged to. Not because it's like, you know, the right thing to do. And that it's a decision that he and his wife have reached together. Mm. It sounds like he's just been browbeaten into having a kid. Well, no, that it, point, it sounds more like, to me at least, that he wanted to have a kid until she turned around and like threw actual financial responsibility in his face. Yeah, so you know, raising a kid is like an investment of both time, energy, and um, uh, emotion. You just, yeah. It's bordering on sociopathic, the way the guy's talking, of like breaking it down. Of, like, it makes logical sense. And it goes, logic does play a part, but this is something like it's an inherently emotional decision. Mm-hmm. You can't just logic your way out of this. Uh, and it's just the idea that he gets mad that, like, admittedly, again, like, I think it's a bit weird to go from not having the discussion at all to like throwing a binder in his face but at the same time he's almost like he's mad that she's planned four years in advance for some things it's like well you've got the kid for like at least 18 yeah also as well uh i'd imagine that he is saying that he was blindsided by it but it's more that his girlfriend or fiance i'm not sure what it have but like they are. They took it a lot more serious than he did because it is a serious suggestion. Like the notion of having children isn't one to be taken lightly, and she's taken that to heart and planned accordingly. Whereas he's seemingly blindsided by it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that just go like, "Oh well, uh, having kids is what people do," and don't think much further than that. Do you know what this probably is? It's probably just like you wanted to hit it raw, and that was it. And now he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you mean?" Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of planning involved with raising a child. It's like, well, I thought I could just like you know. Like, raw dog it for a couple of months. <laughs> and I also, I'm speaking um, uh, um, uh, comically here. I don't, I don't know the person's situation, but yeah. yeah. The, uh, well, I do like these uh, moments to just as a uh, a jumping off point for a wider discussion. And just, yeah, God. I've just as well it's... found a different comment from him. Okay. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, I get your point, but um, I have an objection to, like, essentially paying her for the sex. And it's like... What about if I ask her to have the day off while I'm off and she stays with me in in bed all day? So that's fine. But then what about if she asked me to pay for the day she's missing out of work? It's like, mate, you are taking some fucking leaps on this one. It's also as well, it sounds like he's just jealously guarding his money when his wife has just as much as he does. Yeah. And it's like, did you ever... There was like a similar thing that happened on Reddit a while ago of a guy who wanted a prenup with his wife. Mm. And his wife was really upset about the idea, but she eventually agreed to it. And she says, we'll have a prenup. And then the guy wanted to cancel the prenup, seemingly when she got a promotion. Because then she started earning more money than him. And it's like one of those, I think it's on like best of Reddit updates, which is a subreddit that's like sprung up recently. It's very fun to read. It's basically just when there's an update to one of those like our relationships or am I the assholes, where there's an update that makes that gives you a satisfactory conclusion instead of it just being a thing where the person never responds. So it's like a curated version oh, right, of okay, um, yeah. all those kind of posts. And it's just, the woman's like, yeah, it turns out my husband had gambled away all his money and wanted the, to get rid of the prenup so he could divorce me and get half of my money to keep gambling. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> the balls. The, and, it's like, and then the, the almost exact same kind of energy was, it's legendary now, is the guy... Who tried to? Who was telling his girlfriend or his wife? I forget which. Like he wanted an open relationship, and she was really resistant to the idea. And she felt that, like you know, oh, I love my husband. I don't want to sleep with other people. But well, he let told me, he guess, ex- like the moment 
that he's talked her into it and she starts getting more sex than he did, he got really fucking jealous and annoyed. You got it in one. You got it in one. And it... And the update to that is like uh, he wants to now go back to being a close-off relationship because he's uh, he's slept with a couple of people, admittedly, but um, he doesn't like the effort he has to put in. And meanwhile, I've been like banging a different guy every night, and I'm really enjoying it because I see it as like you know we have the emotional connection that we have, but the physical connection we can have with other people that's exciting. So she sees his point, but the moment she started getting more than him, and it's one of those, like, those legendary Reddit posts where every person responding is just, get it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking get it. Get rid of that man. Clearly you found something that makes you happy, and it is in a non-traditional style relationship, which there are many people out there who'd be willing and are mature enough to have that with you. Clearly your husband, boyfriend, whatever it was in the, um, uh, the post, is not at that level. He just wanted an excuse to go bang other women, and he's jealous that you're not doing the same. Yeah, and it's always funny with those ones of just, like, the moment they realise, like, oh, no, they're getting more out of this than I am. It's like, no, I want it back to the way it was. It's like, you're the one the who thing, suggested it. And that's the thing. Relationships are transactional. Mm. They're inherently irrational things. Like, humans, like, aren't really, like, it is not rational to pair up for life. And that's usually the argument you see, like, those weirdo fuckboys having as if, like, oh, I don't want to be tied down to one woman. Mm-hmm. But when you enter into like a non-traditional relationship like that, um, you can't have it be tit for tat because it's never going to be that way. Yeah, and it's just like... Uh, I get all these arguments of like, oh yeah, you know, humans were never meant to be monogamous and that, but it's like, okay then. Actually, technically we were because humans only started becoming humans when we started banding together in groups. Mm-hmm. So maybe not monogamous, but we are supposed to be form tight knit, um, uh, familial, and yeah. um, um, uh, what's the word now? Fraternal bonds. And it's just like such a weird, like half argument, isn't it? Of like, okay, but it doesn't really speak for like where we are at in modern society now. There's yeah very different expectations than when we were like literal Neanderthals. Yeah, and there is, like I said, people can enter into relationships like that, and that's what the, those posts are so funny, of the guy in his head thought it'd be so good, for, oh, I can bang a different woman every night, and my mm. wife's got to be okay with it. And then his wife's like, this is actually pretty great. Yeah, I'm going on lots of dates, I'm meeting lots of people, it's really fun. And she's like, and he's like, no. Because it's that yeah, lizard it, brain thing where you can see it, you know exactly why the guy's upset, and it's because she might find someone better. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing is I've got nothing against, um, you know, like, polyamory or anything like that. People can can do with their relationships how they see fit. But mm-hmm. a lot of the time when you see, like, the angry Reddit posts, it's because, like, a guy didn't want a polyamorous relationship. He just wanted to have his cake and eat it and basically yeah. get permission to go cheat on his wife while she, you know, seemingly doesn't take advantage of the situation. Like, I don't know what they want out of that scenario. And there are relationships like that. You do have those one-sided relationships. The most um, uh, obvious parallel would be things like sugar daddies. Yeah. Where yeah, yeah. that is a very, from an outside observer, one-sided relationship where it is just a guy gives a woman a bunch of money. And from an outside observer, that makes no sense. But like my understanding of it is, is that the guy gets off on the idea of being a provider mm-hmm. for the woman. And that's what he gets his satisfaction from. And, and, it, and in like, that situation, like, there's not a sexual component to it. It's not so the other woman, she can go out and she can have sex with other people because in the guy's head, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm the one who provides for her. 
and there are different forms and variations on those kind of relationships like sugar mamas and you have um, uh, like dominatrixes and like there's all like sexuality is a spectrum completely and so are relationships it takes all sorts. Like, as long as both or all parties are comfortable in the whatever your like stance on relationship is that's fine but it's clearly when i just say that one person just gets browbeaten into like oh yeah we should have an open relationship and then the guy's really salty like no i just thought i'd be sleeping with everyone and it's so fucking funny and it's just it's so funny when you know again you see things like this backfire where the guy's like well i really want to keep our finances independent from one another but the moment that comes back to bite him in the ass because guess what having a kid is a shared job and shared financial responsibility it's like all of a sudden he doesn't like it and yeah. Again, I want to remind people, he started the post with, I'm so happy my wife is so, like, you know, career-driven and independent and stuff. But the moment she wants money for, like, having to give up a year's worth of salary, he's like, oh, no, this is not fair. Yeah. It's not fair on me to bear this. But so what are you putting into the relationship? Because that's the thing, like, an argument can be made in a situation like that of, you don't necessarily have to define it by money. You just have to... Like you know, quantify what it is. What is you? What are your guarantees going into this? Of if you're not going to give me the money, for example, do you agree to pay 100 percent of the bills, for example? Because I am no longer earning money that goes into the household. So this yeah, is essentially exactly. what you'd be doing. It doesn't necessarily have to be like I need fifty thousand dollars transferred to my bank account, but it's more just I think she wants him on the line for half the financial responsibility of yeah. all of the consequences of having a child. It's the assurance that you are as committed to this idea as I am, because if you want us to continue living in the standard to which we're accustomed, that's going to require input on your part. Yeah, and it's not fair to expect the woman to, like, A, you know, take the... Uh, unfortunate that this, this is the way it works, but, like, essentially take a, a hit to her career, because whether we like it or not, like, you know, people are biased against women that, that go away and have children... Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, also take the financial hit also like you know thinking about like taking care of the child for as long as she can child like, care you is know, a thing as well yeah exactly like what about child care payments what about like if they need extra help around the house whatever it may be like is she expected to just take all that burden and he just thought oh I can just like uh, you know sleep with it have a kid and I can just fuck off whenever I want. And that's the thing. It's like on paper, their relationship as described is initially quite progressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is like they're both independent people who agree to be in a couple with one another, and they have, uh, they, as he says, they're very independent people and they live their own lives, but they live them, they live their lives together but separately, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better way of putting it. But when it comes to like the act of child rearing, he's suddenly very patriarchal, very traditional. And seemingly is offended by the idea that raising a child requires equal parts from, or equal contributions from both parties. And even though there's no, you can't really quantify the contribution a woman's making because, like, the toll it takes, like you say, it racks uh, just financially, emotionally, physically. Yeah, is, exactly. uh, In quantify it. it's like there's no way to put a price figure on that, but this woman was able to. Well, I mean, she's that's the thing is she's not even asking for like compensation for any of that. It's just literal. Like, in terms of pragmatic finances of how much she's going to take a hit and how much this child's going to cost. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. That's, like, a wildly, wildly 
um, uh, low, laughably low figure. Because the actual cost of raising a child has been estimated to be about a million dollars all in, and it's probably higher now. Because you just factor in every single mm-hmm. cost associated with raising a kid. Just like the, just, I don't know, clothes for the first year. Because babies grow so fast. Well, yeah, just that, that's the thing, isn't it? Of like, um, every time any one of my, like, fan, my fan, friends or family um, talk about having a kid, have kids, it's always like, yeah, clothes. Because we will be reeling through clothes faster than we can possibly fucking imagine. Yeah, everything. The, the cost is astronomical. And mm-hmm. if you're earning good money, you know, that cost will just be absorbed. Like, you'll, you probably won't even notice it going out your finances. If you're earning that much money and you live a relatively comfortable life with, like, decent amount yeah, of savings. Yeah, when saying that they earn, like, 350k after tax between them. They can easily raise a child on that and not ever struggle yeah. financially. Easily. But, uh, yeah, it's very uh, very strange. Like I said, it's a, a, a stark juxtaposition of the ostensibly progressive um, approach to their relationship, but then the instant heel turn, the skid, the power slide into just <laughs> traditional families. Yeah, and then raising, the moment, a, raising a kid's the woman's job. The moment it happens as well, like he has to go and post it as if like, Oh well, all of a sudden she like bombarded me and sneaked <laughs> out of nowhere with financial responsibility and made it a, a financial transaction. It's like no, she, she made just it. She doesn't want it to be all like her burden. <laughs> it's almost like like it's like she's making it out as if having a kid is a big deal <laughs> and, ch- and like it's going to change our life in some noticeable way. Like, how dare she not want to have to go through the process of childbirth? And take all of the financial hit along with it. And then have a very unhelpful partner who seemingly doesn't want to commit yeah. um, as fully to the raising of the child as you have. Or to the relationship, apparently. Yeah. Like, that's the thing as well. Uh, it's fair enough to have doubts about a relationship, but when you're like actively it's like, well, I need my escape hatch. Yeah. Like, when you see your partner posted on Reddit, like, yeah. well... Uh, in five I years' time, it's not going to be the same person I fell in love with. I'd be like, well, fuck off then. I'm out. I ain't <laughs> having like, a no. kid with this fucker. He's getting, he's getting, it's such a... It makes sense. Now, you can see the reasoning, but it's one of those things it's only ever used by shitty people to mm. for shitty reasons. Yeah. Oh, But I'm just going to say, I'm going to nip to the bathroom dead quick, so that's been amazing, and I have something that I want to bring up. Yeah, that's no okay? Perfect. So while I was just using the bathroom as well, I just um, uh, thought of like another parallel um, uh, from that, you know, that guy's argument. Okay. Uh, like, you know, like viewing relationships as like um, entirely transactional, but the moment that the transaction um, is more heavily weighted in your partner's favour, then it's unfair. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, uh, you know, in regards to child rearing, it's the argument that guys always have like they don't want to wear condoms. Oh, God, yeah. But then they won't take responsibility for if the woman has a baby. Mm-hmm. And did you ever see that, like, amazing um, piece of legislation that was put forward in America, Joe, around the whole argument about um, uh, like Roe versus Wade, they're trying to overturn the abortion thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, And uh, a female legislator put forward a bit of legislation for if guys get a woman pregnant, they're automatically um, uh, put on the hook for, like, child support and stuff, and all the men, that's not fair. You can't, like, <laughs> make a man commit to an 18-year... A financial obligation like that for just having sex. It's like, what do you think you're doing to women? Yeah. And like, then you're also the inst- telling women that they shouldn't have an out if that's the case. Yeah, like the instant, it's like the, if you get a woman pregnant, if you have sex with a woman and they get pregnant, you're automatically enrolled for chi- um, child support. Like, that's not fair. You can't like make us commit to something like that. 
that's not what we signed on to when we thought we'd having sex. It's like, yeah, why well, just think the women feel? And they just never make the connection in that. And then as well, like, not only that, but they don't even want to have, um, you know, any, like, argument against, like, you know, what, well, what if the woman was, like, sexually assaulted or whatever and she didn't even choose to have sex in the first place? Mm. Like, oh, well, that's her problem. It's like, why? <laughs> and I just want to say, while we're saying all this, like, you yeah. know, today we are recording on the Tuesday, so happy International Women's Day. We are recording on International Women's Day. And do you know my favourite fact about International Women's Day? Go on. Uh, do you want to guess what the most searched for term on Google is on International Women's Day? And I'll give you a clue. It's usually searched for by weird salty men. Oh, uh, I don't know. When is International Men's Day? Oh, right. Yeah, okay. And it's it's that exact concept of the inst- like the instant they try and talk about something other than them. Like the, the, every time it's International Women's Day you always get weird men on Twitter like when's International Men's Day and it's like it's this date you just never talk Every about day. it you don't actually want to talk about the like the, the issues facing men you just don't want women to talk about the issues facing them because you don't you lack the maturity to have that conversation and therefore do not want it to happen because you don't like feeling left out it's the exact same energy isn't it of like um, well where's White History Month it's like we don't yep. need a White History Month it's awful history anyway fuck off yeah. and in regards to like International Men's Day there is an International Men's Day that focuses on um, uh, things like um, male paternity leave, um, uh, the uh, discrimination men have in regards to like when, like divorces and like uh, parental issues, because like uh, judges very often side on the side of women, and that's not really fair. It should be like trying to case And there are like you know issues that face on the highest suicide rate and things of that nature. But the men who are arguing and bitching about this don't care about that. They just want the women to be quiet because it's a conversation they're not allowed to be a part of, and because of that, they feel threatened by it. Also, they are 100% allowed to be part of the conversation because, like, allyship yeah. is a fucking thing, you moron. It is. They don't want to be allies. They want no, to they be don't. Yeah. And every single day, that amazing tweet by Birds Right Activist. Do you know about Birds Rights Activist? I do not, know. Birds Rights Activist is an amazing Twitter account that was started as a piss take of men's right activists. Okay. And it's, based, it's ostensibly like a bird tweeting out about various issues in the same way a man who inserts himself into these conversations would. Mm-hmm. And it just has a legendary, timeless tweet that is simply, I am uncomfortable when things are not about me. <laughs> and that's all that needs to be said, because that's the exact energy of those kind of guys, of I am uncomfortable when things aren't about me. Yeah, 100%. And like, I, you know, I would like to think uh, as myself and you as well as like allies. And I'd like I, to think I so. would hope that, we do a good job of like talking about these issues and um you know raising awareness and giving like you know our perspective on like wi- women being allowed to have rights and etc cetera, etc cetera. and like just reach out to us if we're not doing a good job or you think there's something yeah. we've messed up on but we try and that's the thing is well. it's like i've had this before cause, you know as a white dude and then you get those same dudes I just mentioned. Like they try, they don't want to have the conversation. They want to shut it down. So they mm-hmm. try and do the gotchas and stuff like that. Yeah. Of like, why do you care about this? And it's like, I don't know. I wonder. And I just turn to my like mixed race bisexual girlfriend and just ask her, like, I wonder why I'd care or be informed about these issues. It's very, very strange how many of these people like are in relationships with women and they're like, why would you care? It's like, what? I. Yeah, I should have. I should also clarify as well, that's a very toxic way of thinking. That's not my point. Because, it's, it's the only, uh, because I hate the idea that people should only care about an issue if it directly affects them. But when you talk to men like this, and it's always men, 
that is the only way they'll understand. They only understand in terms of how does it directly affect them or the person they're talking to. Because if I just tell them I care about these issues because it's the right thing to do, they won't believe you. But if I give them an example of a direct reason I should care, it might get through to them. The same way you have to teach those men not to disrespect women by saying, well, how would your mother feel Mm -hmm. if she saw you doing this? Or how would you feel if someone talked to your wife like this and they always get angry? Because, okay, now that's someone else's wife and it's a toxic way of looking at it, but it's the only way to get through to people who are that self-centered. Yeah, I think that's good to point out is like, that's not the way that we think, but a lot of like, you know, uh, angry men will point out like, well, why should you even care? Why should you even talk about this subject? And and the most simple thing to do it and to point out is like, I'm literally in a relationship with a woman. Surely I should at very least give a shit about the shit she has to deal with. Yeah. But yes, we do we do generally care and it's not as if like, oh, the moment I got in a relationship, I suddenly started giving a shit about women's rights. It's like, no, you no, should just give the... a shit about human rights in general. But the, the way those men think, they can't empathize. Or they 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 literally lack the ability to empathize with the like uh, the plight of others. So the only way to get through to them is to put it in like very basic transactional binary terms. Mm-hmm. And, and even, even then, then, yeah. Yeah. They don't it's listen. Not the sp- they don't listen now because it doesn't, even in that situation, it doesn't directly affect them. Because again, and with this theoretical scenario, it's not, they're not asking that question because they want a genuine answer. They're asking it because they just want something to try and shut you down. Yeah. And it's just an unfortunate part of existing um, uh, in the world or being a known quantity online where you have to be aware of these gotchas and have the go to response. And I, quite thankfully, have a very, very good response to this. Hmm. It's like the whole thing of like Donald Trump when we put that video out saying like, fuck Donald Trump mm-hmm. and the amount of, like in the weeks coming, all the people are like, why do you even care about this? Is America? And I just like, just turn to my American girlfriend. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder why I'm aware of and care about this issue. Yeah, that's the thing is like, again, you should give a shit in general, but at the same time, like you have a literal personal connection to this even if you want to look at it is the most like surface level selfish way of thinking about it it's like you literally have somebody sitting next to you that gives a shit so therefore you should yeah, yeah which is why it's the only real way to get through this and even then it doesn't work because they generally they don't want to have a discussion as you said most people they want to shut yeah. discussion down mm-hmm. and speaking of lucas just you know um uh, viewing um, uh, relationships and interactions is entirely transactional in one way. Hmm. Did you happen to see what happened to me on Twitter recently? Uh, was this the YouTube comment guy? Th- this is a great one. But before that, speaking of Twitter and speaking of like you know the podcast last week, I have actually set up that Twitter account I mentioned. Yes, you did. Yes. Uh, so I mentioned last time like the idea of like cataloging difficulty options in video games and i have created a twitter account which is at zesty expedition inspired by the kirby thing and it is just um uh, going to be every now and again it's going to tweet out about various difficulty options in video games mm-hmm. and um the initially just i thought i was gonna like just list the funny ones joe you know, like from the uh the tv choice page we did yes yeah but as often happens with uh, pieces of content and when you're in that creative mindset, I've decided to make it a deeper exploration than that. And rather than just say, this video game has funny names for its difficulty options, actually delve into what those differences mean. Mm-hmm. And that's going to require a bit more um, uh, research than was originally anticipated. But the hope is that we're going to be able to spin it off into something else that will be announced at a later date. Yeah. 
And, um, but I've actually had a lot of fun doing that so far. I got caught by like a surprise in a, one of those tweets already where I didn't realise, a game that I know very well, Resident Evil 4, I didn't yes. realise that the dynamic difficulty is turned off on professional mode. Yeah, and they're the kind of things that I want to talk about on the using this Twitter account because mm-hmm. there's a couple that I didn't know. So I've started with games that I'm familiar with and I started really really doing it on the RE4 one. That's when I decided to change the format yeah. of like, okay, what do these difficulty changes mean? And in regards to, like you said, RE4 there, there's a, a difficulty option called Professional and that game features a dynamic difficulty slider where every encounter is informed by how well or poorly you're playing with the exception on Professional mode where it's always set to the maximum difficulty. Yeah, because um, if you're not doing so well and you're lacking a lot of ammo and a lot of health, then the game um, will like you know make drops of ammo and health more generous for you and stuff, and then vice versa. If you're doing really well, the game will be a bit more challenging for you. Yeah, and that's why I've decided to turn this into. So rather than just listing interesting names for difficulty options, it's like exploring games that have difficulty options that and you know the mechanics behind how they work because some of them are actually quite interesting mm. so a lot of games just do the thing of like rap, if you make it more difficult put more make the numbers go up yeah like whether that's more enemies more damage or like you know just quicker reaction times for enemies and you have games like re4 where it's actually there's a bit more nuance to it which is interesting to discuss because a lot of that stuff goes unseen or is a something that you're not really familiar with while playing the game yeah yeah like uh, i did like one of the ones for devil may cry one of the breakdown of that of the difficulty option, uh, picking hard mode makes like you understand like hard mode is harder, but why is it hard? Because mm-hmm. that changes depending on the game. In Devil May Cry, for example, it's oh yeah, you just do a straight fifty percent less damage to every enemy in the game. Yeah. With the exception if you're using Devil Trigger mode, which gets rid of that. Oh uh, right, okay, yeah, cool. And there's also like you know, curiously, an enemy in the game that has the same damage reduction as bosses. For some random reason. And that's the kind of things I think is interesting to talk about. Yeah. Because that's stuff I didn't know when I played that game like 10 times. <laughs> that one with like RE4. Well, I didn't know there was an easier mode in that game that's exclusive to Japan. No, I didn't know Where that Where it gives you like a free shot. Yeah, and that's all stuff I thought I could talk about and you know, perhaps be spun off into another video series at a later date. But I thought I'd just mention like, that's a thing that I've done. Uh, if you're wondering why it's not posting every day, it's because like researching those actually does take a good couple hours, but they're super fun. I mean, also just from a pragmatic standpoint, you don't want to like blow your entire load on the Twitter account in the first week. No, and I, one thing I want to clarify is, please stop sending in the request of, did you know in South Park, your difficulty slider is you make your character more black? Because that's just a joke that doesn't have any gameplay payoff. Uh, the only gameplay playoff it has is in terms of dialogue options and your character starts with less money. Mm. Which is like you know problematic in its own right, especially within the established canon of the South Park universe, where the only black family in South Park are richer than everybody else in town. Oh right, okay. which was a deliberate subversion of that trope mm-hmm. of like the most successful people in town are the token family, so named because they are the token black family. They are the wealthiest people in town. That's the thing I don't know much about, like South Park. That's uh, the show, that's the thing so. I do. Yeah, And I also well know how that difficulty option works because I was very interested in it because I thought that would be a really good opportunity to use the video game as. Because I remember seeing that screenshot of just like the difficulty slider and it's just difficulty you make it more. Like, that would be really interesting because of the discussion that's going to um, evoke from mm. people. And it seems that, weirdly enough, the creators of South Park, who've never really shied away 
from having that dis- like a discussion about any number of sensitive topics did not want to address that one in their video game in lieu of turning it into a stupid joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So please stop sending that request in because one, it doesn't affect difficulty and two, it was a very... It's like everyone knows that. But the amount of people like, did you know? It's like, yes. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to the suggestions, but I thought I'd like clarify the uh, the extra thing I'm going to be doing in regards to it. It's one thing for the game to be more difficult, but I'd like to know why is it more difficult? What is it about this mode that makes it more difficult? What is it about the modes that are easier that make them easier? Yes. They're like interesting things to discuss and break down. And I've discovered some things that I didn't know as fan for games I am a fan of and played like um, many dozens of times. Mm-hmm. It's always cool to find out things like that. Just like little things of like some of it as well, like obvious mistakes, like in the Devil May Cry, one of just um, every and en- you every enemy in the game does more damage except for like this one. Yeah. Or like on easy mode, just some enemies don't spawn, which like breaks certain encounters like this one here. Like in Devil May Cry, just uh, if you play on easy mode, just some parts of the game just straight up don't happen because the, they revolve around a certain enemy type that no longer exists. Hmm. And things of that nature. Like in RE4, um, on the amateur mode, the super easy mode you only get in Japan, parts of the game are straight up skipped. Oh, wow, okay. So like you, you, you straight up don't have some parts of the game. Hmm. And the same on like easy mode, where I think they skip um, uh, like the U2 fight, I think it is, the U3 thing. I'd have to do like more specific research That's on it. That's in like but, uh, yeah. the big weird scorpion tail thing in the shipping crane. Yeah, I don't think you fight it in the shipping crate, but you just skip straight to the fight. Okay. There's a couple of things like that where like they straight up skip parts of the game, and that's the interesting part I want to talk about. It's like in another one, like God of War 2018, when you put it on Give Me God of War difficulty, mm. it's like they don't just make it so every enemy is a lot stronger. Like there are hidden debuffs to status effects. Like if Kratos gets um, uh, frozen, which more enemies can do in that mode, um, the iframes on your dodge get reduced. Oh wow! Okay. So it makes like dodging that much harder because you have less iframes, or when you get poisoned, Kratos's actual power level decreases. Like the damage numbers on your stuff go down the longer you are poisoned. It's like little things like that the game never tells you, but they're present. Yeah, fucking hell. And they're the kind of things that I want to break down and discuss. Sounds like fun. It's it's been really fun so far. It's like it's been nice to be. Uh, I don't want to say like creatively engaged because I am with my job, but just like you know something new to sink my teeth into. I think that's always all this time. the weird thing of like, yeah, doing something creative is nice, but then like as a creative person, you always want to like find the next creative endeavor to to like think of and to um, work I've, on. I've really had to temper myself um, from, as you said, blowing my load straight away. And because I was like, initially I did like four or five tweet threads in a row and I went, no, 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 no. Save. Like, save that as a draft and put it out in a couple of days. Because mm-hmm. if I do this all now when I'm excited and, you know, energised, in five days' time, I won't. I might not be. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing I've had to look at that. But, yeah, it's been, there's been a lot of fun so far. There's a lot of neat stuff I've found out. Cool. So well, I just wanted to advertise that. No doubt it'll be linked below. Yeah, we'll, we'll Zesty Expedition. Zesty Expedition on the go. Mm, I'm excited the zesty ex- the expedition of my, zestiness. My like office chair just has a sweet spot where it doesn't creak in the moment I move. It's like Rrr. it's like my office is like that too. Or my office chair. Just <coughs> I have to sit that perfect sweet spot of a little bit lent back so that it doesn't squeak if I go further off. Like so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it happens to us all. But yes, but, uh, 
Like moving back to my Twitter profile, Lucas, you saw what happened this week, yes? Uh, bits and pieces. I don't think I saw the entire thread, but yes. Okay, so I'm currently trying to track it down. My phone is not coming. So I might as well just log on on um, uh, on on Twitter. Just on my on my laptop. I'm surprised that it's not me. just like this tweet was deleted by the author. I'm honestly surprised. That is nearly always what happens when it comes to stuff like this. Of the instant someone gets called out, they near enough delete straight away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this all kicked off. Let's have a look at this. Buh, 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 buh. March fourth, so about four days ago. And I want to say this kept going till like yesterday or something. It's still going on, but I've stopped giving a shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, four days ago, I got a tweet, and the tweet read as follows: Today, I found out that one of one of my YouTube accounts, that's very important, um, which I watched Fact Fiend from from 2017 to 2022. So seemingly, like, that reads like the channel's dead. And it's not, it's still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely blacklisted from commenting. I commented on a video for his fir- for the first time and it didn't show up when I rewatched the video on another account. Oh, and uh, cool. Lucas, as someone who works on a YouTube channel, like, before we even delve into like the weirdness that occurred after this, what happens to YouTube comments after, like, a couple of years? I mean, generally, they just kind of get, like, lost in the thread. Yeah, YouTube is constantly, and I mean constantly, introducing new updates that delete, hide, or move things. That's why you can go on to, go click on any YouTube video of a song that's popular, and the top comment will not be the top comment left 10 years ago. It'll, It'll be, be the what top it... comment left in the past week. Because the algorithm is constantly shifting and cycling them around and just deleting and removing them mm-hmm. for the sake of just inspiring, um, uh, what's the word now, interaction. Mm-hmm. There's also a thing of like you work behind the scenes on the channel and you know like the actual moderation tools available on YouTube are very, very simple. Yeah, it's pretty um, much what... just like remove comment or stop, um, not stop, but hide user comments from the channel. Yeah, and there's also a couple of very basic... Um, uh, no, what's the word I'm thinking of? Moderation tools that you have, which are basically just banned words yeah. and stuff you can put in, which automatically filter out people's comments. And then if you happen to be scrolling through the comments, you are able to just click a button that hides that user from the channel if they say something um, uh, uncouth or a bit like you know offensive to somebody or remove it altogether. But you have to do that individually. Mm-hmm. You can't just do that like mass remove off cost of the entire channel, what have you. So my guess of what happened to this person is because I actually was legitimately confused um, after the fact, like, why they were so upset. So they sent me a screenshot of what their account is, and I checked, that because there are hidden users on the Fact Feeding channel. Yeah. Like, people who can post, but their tweets don't get... Oh, sorry, their comments don't get seen. Yeah, and it's generally because they've said something offensive, and not to us. Like, because, I mean, you have a habit of, like, when people try and shit on us, you pin the comment. Usually, yeah, and then usually it gets deleted. Yeah, by the, that- the author, but like, generally speaking, we don't remove comments because they're nasty or mean to us. So they've probably no, said something that, I, like, if a person's been hidden, they've said something that's genuinely, like, offensive and not okay to leave there. Or they're, like, intentionally being antagonistic towards another user on the channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like an example of that actually was um, like the other day. Like that same day, we got a comment on a video which my girlfriend's in that says that chick will laugh at anything. So obnoxious. And I just pinned that comment with uh, a response from the channel. The fact you seemingly unfamiliar with a woman being loud and enthusiastic into response to, in response to something you've said, um, said or done, says a lot about you, honestly, mate. And that guy deleted that comment. 
because he was getting roasted so hard by everyone else and that's why stuff like i leave it up and pin it it's funny yeah and generally speaking like if you're trying to you know create content online and avoid every single bad comment then you're not going to get very far like you just kind of have to have a bit of thick skin about it unfortunately because there's always people that are going to be shit to you yeah, which is why we have the, um, which is why I have that mantra of just like I'll pin bad comments and just put go away because mm-hmm. people like seem people like that people like that thing of like what um, see who got pinned today like the pin of shame of seeing people comment yeah yeah and uh, out of curiosity I did because that guy told me what his name was I searched through the list of hidden users his account is not on there mm-hmm. so it's not that we hid his account or anything like that it's literally not in there. Yeah, so there is a list of like hidden users, and I think most of them come from just that Trump video of just everybody who was like, just Donald Trump's the best or whatever. I just like automatically hide all those <laughs> yeah. people because the only fun fact: the only words that are filtered on um, uh, from appearing in the comment section are the words Biden and the word Trump. Oh right. And generally, okay. I just hide everyone who tweets about Trump because I don't need those that energy in my life. Yeah, yeah. So this guy, his account has not been hidden. It's just the algorithm at some point has swallowed it up, as happens with literally millions of comments every day. Mm-hmm. YouTube is constantly doing, like I said, algorithm tweaks and things like that, and just um, vast swathes of comments get deleted on any given day for any number of reasons. Yeah. And they're always doing, like, bots, purges, and things of that nature out. There's always channels. It's like when you see channels complaining about their subscriber count drop, it's like, because YouTube just bot purges like, every oh, now and again. it's weird, because, like, my, out of, like, my one and a half million subs, uh, 5,000 people just randomly unsubbed, and it's like, 5,000 people didn't unsub overnight. It's that there was just a bot purge on YouTube. Like, and it's just so funny that, like, so many times you see it, like, maybe once a year where a bunch of content creators all tweet out at the same time. What the fuck? I just lost a bunch of subs. It's like, I wonder why. Why that's the thing is that like, why, why would you time. really give a shit because the people the subs that you've lost were literal robots who were adding nothing to your channel and if anything like taking you know algorithm points away from you because that's yeah. that's subs that aren't interacting with your content and to, telling yeah. youtube that subscribers don't watch what you put it out yeah well either way i i just to clarify if anyone wondering like did you block this guy or did you hide his content from the channel i checked no it isn't mm-hmm and I think I've been pretty open and transparent about, you know, the the moderation tools we have access to and the way in which the moderation is done. It's like, we don't realistically, you can go into the comments and insult us because most of the time we don't see it. I only check the channel's analytics, like the hour or so after a video has gone up. Yeah, yeah. After that, like, the only times I really check is to um, go through and just check the numbers and when new content gets uploaded to um, uh, make, sh- um, uh, make sure everything's like, you know, all on the up and up. Again, though, like when people do, just try and come in and be antagonistic and insult like people on the channel. We generally just don't really care and leave it there. It's as I say, when you know, people are offensive or as you say, like people are antagonizing other commenters and stuff is when we normally step yeah. in. And even then, like the thing which kind of as well is it's a fucking YouTube comment section. Who really gives a shit? Exactly. But that's, that's the point now because this guy gives the biggest shit. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because I always knew, people cared about leaving comments on YouTube videos. But this might be the first time I've interacted with someone who really cares. Yeah, because, like, I remember there was a time when we, like, disabled comments on videos because it's like, well, what's it really adding? And people, a small percentage of people really gave a shit. And um, 
they were harassing us like in real life. Yeah, and like getting just messages of like why the fuck can't comment on videos and stuff to the point where it's like there's literally again not worth the hassle. Just turn them back on and let them all argue in there amongst themselves. And uh, yeah, so already just like you know some pertinent information on this one today. I found out that one of my YouTube accounts got blocked. So. Lucas, how much of this did you see before I delve into the nitty-gritty of like how this all broke down? Uh, I, I don't exactly know because I think I just like, when I've checked Twitter, I've seen like an update, but I think it's like, I've seen a couple of updates throughout this discussion, but okay. I've also missed bits and pieces in between. So this guy, um, uh, I did like, you know, a, a quick, sc- one of the things I do before I like retweet something like this is I'll check the person's account. Hmm. And if the person is just a troll... And they do this, like, shit just every day. Like, I'll just block them or mute them. Yeah. What have you? Because the reaction is what they want. Mm-hmm. But very rarely in a situation like this, you'll click the account and you'll see they are 100% genuine. They're 100% serious, yeah. which is why it makes it so fascinating and so just darkly interesting to me to, like, delve into their psyche. And this guy, all he does is just message YouTubers being, like, weirdly antagonistic with them. Mm. And uh, just... I just responded to that of like, why do you care about this? Because I legitimately could not fathom why someone would give a shit about a comment they left. And one of the pieces of information that got real, because I got multiple messages from this person Mm -hmm. and got tagged in multiple tweets where they not only remember the exact wording of the comment they left, but exactly how many likes it got. Well, it's so weird to me that they give that much of a shit that they've clearly been going back exactly to the comment to like keep to... checking up on how well it's doing yes yeah, so i have a, a tweet from them here um, it was 958 likes on the comment that's the thing they know the exact number of likes that it had the last time they checked it and it was in the top 100 for highest likes comments and top 100 was actually top 23 because they clarified multiple times it was the 23rd most liked comment on the video with 958 likes. Cool. And that, to me, blew my fucking mind of like, oh my god, who gives this much of a shit about anything? Especially a YouTube comment. Exactly! And that's why it's so fascinating to me. Of like, I always knew people give a shit, but like, to give this much of a shit. And it turns out, while the guy was arguing with people in my mentions, like, they have multiple accounts which they have subscribed to a multitude of channels, and they flip between them all, checking the comments they left on videos and noting how well they did. As evidenced by, it had exactly 958 likes, and presumably this was the most interaction they'd gotten on a comment. Mm -hmm. And they were so upset by this idea, they messaged me, they tweeted at me, and sent me a direct message asking me to fix it. And as well, that means that they are still to this day we're going back to check to see how well that comment was doing from a year ago. Because that's the thing I have to clarify. The video wasn't a recent one. It was from a year ago. So that means Which means they left a comment the, a year ago. Over the space of a year, they've been coming back and forth on different accounts to check how well their individual comment is doing. Because that's the one that sticks out in their head is like, it's what I said, Lucas Nandra, 58 likes. You don't get that if you like, people don't want to respond to it. And yep. Yeah. Just turns out for the over a year they've checked that and just uh, I'm gonna guess like an like I said a YouTube algorithm switch up or a 
bot purge or something just got rid of it mm-hmm. because I checked through it's he is not one of the hidden users his account as far as I'm aware can still post and comment on YouTube videos yeah. if it's the account that they seem to and I'm going to guess they know exactly what account it is given everything else they remember about it considering they know exactly how many likes it got I'm assuming so and just during the evening because I was like just um, on the train back to go home and then my mum was out for the evening I was just looking after my sister who mm-hmm. basically looks after herself because she was just sat upstairs just on her Xbox all year. I'm just sat there on my phone. I've got nothing else to do. I'm not watching fucking shit TV and like because uh, you ain't got the internet or like that. So I was just sat there on my phone and just this guy just kept going, kept going, mm-hmm. kept going. And just um I decided to play a game my girlfriend introduced me to called Baby Runs for President. And are you familiar with the, t- uh, the game Baby Runs for President? I really am not. Well, it's apparently it's a thing on TikTok, which probably neither of us are familiar with it. It's a bit too young for our blood, but um, it's basically just when you get confronted by a weirdo guy like this, just pretend they're a baby who's running for president and just keep asking them the most basic questions possible <laughs> to see how long you can get them to respond. <laughs> so I was just there, like, you know, three or four beers deep, just at my mum's house, just on the sofa, just every single time the guy asked me something, I've just been like, what do you mean? I can't see the comment. Where's the comment being left? And they were legitimately responding as if like, I give a shit. Mm-hmm. And like throughout that conversation, they kept bringing up like, look, I just want you to fix this. I want to see the comment again. It's like, it's gone. That's the, it's gone. Yeah. If it's been put, like, if the algorithm's got it, it's gone. There's no, but they're so upset that no one else can see. They legitimately are asking the creator, the owner of the channel, please bring it back. Like, it's weird because you know, part of our job of, like, trying to make content online is to, you know, do our best to keep an eye on, like, analytics and have social media accounts and stuff. And, like, I yes. don't give as much of a shit about this guy does on one YouTube comment. That's me. One, he has given more of a shit about one YouTube comment than I have about any video on the channel. Because <laughs> we've talked before about how, like, we see our content as disposable. Because once it's out into the ether, we have to work on the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And keep that all in mind. Like, all that stuff that I've just said about them giving this much of a shit about a single YouTube comment. They remember the exact amount of likes on, they remember the exact placement it had in the listing or the rankings of top comments on one individual video for one YouTube channel left over a year ago. And during their, like, you know, their, I want to say three, four day tirade, it was revealed that they watch YouTube 10 hours a day on multiple accounts, flitting between them all to answer them, to respond to their own comments and stuff like that. They just... Like sent the following message because it's one of the things that was made it so baffling as well. Where it's like they flitted between being like not apologetic. Like what's the word you'd use for someone who's like trying to get you to help them? It's not apologetic. It'd be like I guess there's a word I'm thinking of here. Like it's they're not trying to say sorry. They're just trying to get you to help them. Like pandering, maybe. Like, I'm not. No, maybe not. Maybe that's not the right word. I'm gonna look yeah, it up. So this, I'm not, this I'm not to be sure exactly the word you're thinking of in your head. Like, not groveling or anything like that, but they're trying to be um, contrite. That maybe, maybe that's the right word. Mm. Or remorseful or something like that. They're, just, like, they're trying to appeal to my um, uh, like sense of goodwill, is, as it were. Yeah. Of like, look, I'm really sorry. Can you really, can you fix this? It means a lot to me. But they'd flip between that and then just being just zero to 100 aggressive. Mm-hmm. And like, really personal about it as well. For example, they had a tweet where it's just, um, in response to me, you've been like, um, why do you care? 
Um, just like basically after like a couple hours of um, uh, not getting a response, was like, your channel is dying. You're down to five digits of views per video, whereas you pulled in millions of views before. I've concluded that you have an attitude and that you get salty and block me because you suck Twitter's cock for some reason. And that's the thing. They said this while tweeting directly at me. And also asking you for a favour to like sort their comment out. What? Why are they? Be- oh. And that's what it is because they kept doing. They kept flitting between stuff like that. Like they'd be weirdly aggressive and say "fuck you," and then that's what I was playing. Like the baby runs for president, where I'd ask them. I say, "Okay, I'm not going to respond in kind with aggression. I'm going to respond with how do you want me to help you?" And they immediately shifted back because they think, "Oh, maybe they can get the comment back." Mm-hmm. And they immediately shifted to being apologetic and con- uh, contrite. I guess is the word I'm using for this one. And it's just that weird thing of, like, you can see in real time their, like, level of aggression change as they think, like, oh, maybe the YouTube comment can come back. Oh, no, I'm getting nothing from this guy. Oh, maybe I can get something from this guy. Maybe I can't. Yeah, and uh, just my response to that is why, if anyone's curious, like, videos that pulled in millions of views, that's because videos that pulled in millions of views are from years ago. And it's almost like videos that have been on the channel for several years have the ability to pull in more views than the video released yesterday. I was going to say, like, um, because it's, like, pretty evergreen content, the, the views keep racking up slowly over time. But yep. it even, like, peak kind of, like, fat theme view account, we, we definitely weren't in pulling, like, millions within the first couple of days. We get, like, 100,000 100, at a peak, like, oh, 200,000 in a day was quite good. But I responded to that. I've just, you know my attitude towards this. I've just nothing lasts forever. I've had a good four years. Mm-hmm. I have a grounding that'll secure me comfortable income for the next decade. And have given several close friends, including yourself, um, a job that allows them to express themselves creatively. I'm proud of what I achieved. Are you? And this is where the rub came in. Because this person really, really did not like that. Mm. Of me asking them, what have you achieved? Because by the sounds of it and by their own admission, the only thing in their life is commenting on YouTube videos. Yeah, this person clearly has an unhealthy relationship and attachment to like something as meaningless as YouTube comments. As evidenced by the fact they have spent, at this point, an entire day in the conversation that we were having, um, being aggressive about this, constantly flitting between um, uh, being contrite and being aggressive, depending on what they think is going to get them and the response they do, and just having a weird categorized just backup of the comics. That's the thing. It's not it's one comment. Mm-hmm. But they're so upset that people can't see it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in response to that, they were like, I, I, you don't know me or my accomplishments. I am much more accomplished than you. And I did it without being a big wanger on the internet. And that fucking sent me. <laughs> like, that was where I was like four or five beers deep. And I was just like, oh my, they've not. They've not done it. There's no way they try to do that one. And it's just that sent me. And that's when I realized this is all this person has. Yeah. This is a rare opportunity to interact with one of those guys of, no, I'm actually super a big deal in real life. You're the loser, not me. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, so Lucas, no. thoughts about that one? I just, I, clearly this person is like, not okay in some way. I'm just, they're not now. I, I really don't get this whole, I, I'm coming to you, owner of the channel, to like to ask you for help. Ask for help slash complain at you, and then just randomly get really aggressive and like call you a, a knob essentially. Well, that's the thing. They go from calling me a dickhead or saying "haha, your channel's dying" or "your content shit," 
then be like, oh, but I really want my comment on the video to be back because it was really popular and I love what I watch your stuff for 10 hours a day. Like, well, um, maybe don't be a dick. It's like, well, if any, uh, you know, uh, anything at that point, it's like, well, you've called me a knobhead. I'm just going to go ban you from the channel. Like, what? And that's the thing. I never did. Yeah. They can still comment as far as I can see on my. And that's one of the things I tried to tell them when I was playing Baby Runs for President. Mm-hmm. Of like, I repeatedly say, look, I, you think that I've done it. I haven't. I don't know what you want me to do. And their only response was, fix it, fix it, fix it. I can't see my comment. It's like, I can't see your comment and I run the channel. Yeah. So if I can't see it and you can't see it, what do you want me to do? Fix it. How? What would you recommend? <laughs> no, fix it. You need to do something. You blocked it because you don't like me making fun of you. It's like, I don't know what your comment said. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. There's no fixing to be done. So I don't know what happened. And it's just, and eventually they just sent me a thing like, here's a, and this is what makes it like when I realized, oh, Oh no, they had a screenshot of their own comment with all the likes oh, on it. Oh my fucking god. Which they presumably save for posterity so they can look at it and see how many likes that it had. And the comment was just some bad joke about Twitter being bad. And they're like, oh, you just like Twitter so much, that's why you banned me of talking about it on YouTube. It's like, mate, I don't give a fuck. Oh my god. I've got other things to do right now, except for at that moment where I'm sat there with a beer on the sofa, like just watching them. Uh, like ancient aliens in the background. <laughs> and there's there's more updates as well, because one of the things that they got a bee in their bonnet about, because there's certain things that people latch onto when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things this guy latched onto is they were especially annoyed about the idea of me flexing the amount of money I make. And Lucas, can you ever recall any situation where I've ever bragged about earning money publicly? With the exception of the one example they had in their head. Um, I mean, nothing exactly comes to mind, no. And as someone who knows me in real life and hangs out with me, in real life, have I ever bragged about the amount of money that I earn from YouTube? Oh, on a daily basis, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, no, to no, clarify, the only time... for anyone that couldn't tell the sarcasm in my voice there. The only time I have ever done that is once when I was out with my girlfriend and we'd have a really good day. And I just got an angry message from someone. I think it was like when I posted um, uh, like a picture of like me and my girlfriend had been on a day out and a guy was really annoyed about it. So I just retweeted something. Like, I just tweeted it something like, in 10 years, I'm going to retire. Or it's like, when my YouTube, well, it's like YouTube channel is going to die. When I retire or stop making YouTube videos, I'm going to buy a house with cash and never have to worry about it again. Mm. And I think that's the only time I've ever said anything. And to me, that's not even that big of a brag to be like I'm going to buy a house because how many YouTubers have like multiple houses or mansions mm-hmm. I'm just going to have like a very like um, uh, what's the word now not comfortable modest yeah yeah. just apartment that was paid for by a lit like 10 years of hard graft and my own creativity something I am proud of but that's the only time I can ever think that I bragged about because that's the only example the guy had but every other comment where they were arguing with something like one of my fans would come in like why are you being such a dick it's like, all he does is brag about money all he does. it's like I've never heard him do that ever mm. and they were just like weirdly obsessed with that and like they have one here of like I love how you flex on people and your net worth is less than 500k you do not have any money to it it's like my net worth is not public information I don't even know what my net worth is, but this guy thinks that he does. Yeah, that's always that weird thing, isn't it? Of like, 
oh, um, some random website has taken how many views you get and given an estimate of how many like sponsors and stuff you can get and blah blah blah. Yeah. And just come up with some seemingly random number where it's like, oh no, X YouTuber is worth like five million dollars and they're just like, wait, what? No, what? Yeah. I can have a look at my bank account right now. I've got like fucking banking app. It's the channel that has all the money, not me. Because you get seen, you can see how much the channel how much money the channel has. Well I can see how and much the my... channel earns from YouTube, yeah, yeah. And I occasionally send I'll send like screenshots of like what the channel has in its coffers for when we make like decisions and stuff. Yeah, when we're like, like spending talking stuff. business, like so we're all on the same page. Yeah, not not yeah. as a weird brag or anything, like to clarify for people. Just yeah, when it's we're just, we need to know how much money the channel business has. Meetings, Carl's talking about like what the company has to work with. And the idea is is that when the channel dies, I'll be able to clear out the coffers because I own everything. Ooh. Because I which I think is like perfectly reasonable. Like I own the business, and all, and I set up all the money. Like any money it has left over at the end, realistically, should go to me. Mm-hmm. And that's my thinking of like when the channel dies, that's the reward I'll get from it. Like you know, I live a pretty modest lifestyle as it is now, and I can't access my banking app for some reason. But I think it's like two grand in it last I checked, and then a couple grand in savings that I have just in, like for holidays and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. But like, all the money is just tied up in the channel, but because I own the channel, I can see that's been my money. I just can't touch it yet. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Of just like when eventually your business stops doing business, then yeah, that's ostensibly your money that you can keep pulling from. I'm not too fussed about it if the business does die, because I'm aware fame is fleeting as is success. Yep, and all you can do is like use what we've got here as like a gun jumping off point into doing something else or. And that's the plan. And it's one of the things I'm really happy about is like all you guys, you know, Brad Nisha and yourself, like you're all aware of that. You were aware of that when you got into the channel and you seem very supportive of my, um, I, 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 it's pragmatic is probably the right word for it. Of just like, I'm aware that this is not going to be 20, 30 years. It's not going to be an empire we build up, but there's enough on our plate so we can eat well for a good couple of years yet. Yeah, and it's not as if, like, we're sitting here and planning the demise of the channel. Like, we're, you know, we're not exactly going like, oh, yeah, the the plan is to end it next week. It's just, no, we're, we're all aware that it's a, you know, very easily viewable thing that channels rise and fall on YouTube. Yeah, as all things do. And it's always strange to me, like, when you have people like this and they come in and they they try to... Like use it as an insult of haha, your channel was super popular and now it's not as popular. It's like that's how popularity works. It's like go and look it's at not really any a... big YouTuber from five years ago and they're probably not doing as well as they were. Go look at any YouTuber who is doing well and you'll look at the amount of subs they have and look at the amount of views they have. Mm-hmm. Those numbers are always like trending downwards in an abstract sense and. Every creator worth their salt is keenly aware of that and makes plans to, um, uh, or makes plans for the day when they're not able to, you know, monetize their content in a way that allows them to live in the manner in which they're accustomed. But that guy continued, and like, I want to say the next day, this is when I was like heading home mm. from my mum's house. I was just like, they're still yelling about it. And they got really mad at someone. It's like, I made fun of Twitter on my YouTube comment. That seems to be why he blocked me. Keep in mind, I can still see this. They're still tweeting directly at me. Yeah. Well, you use social media, so I shouldn't expect intelligence from you. I just said, look, get a life. Also, like, get... the irony of posting that comment while on social media. That's the thing. Yeah, like, this guy, I, 
I, I think one of the things I said is that I wish my coffee roasted itself as thoroughly as this guy does. Because <laughs> one of the things that they ended up doing that I found really amusing is uh, someone responded to them with this like your meme image of like someone holding a microphone to a turd on the floor of like anything else to say. And that guy's response to that was, um, uh, oh, look, it's Armchair Psychologist on Twitter. And I just scrolled back through his many, many, many comments and tweets at me, one of which has him saying, Carl, you need to get help. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> and it's like, so you couldn't write something that perfect, could you? Like, And that's the thing. This guy is so clearly, so smugly asserting, like, I am better than you, even though seemingly the entirety of my net, my my... my my worth as a person hinges on content I create, ancillary, ancillary content I made that is completely built off the back of stuff that you actually created. Mm-hmm. Like the thing they are seemingly most proud of in their life is a comment with the amount of likes on it they can literally remember off the top of their head. Yeah, and they're there going, actually, no, you're the real loser. I am far more accomplished than you, person whose um, uh, existence. Um, seemingly informs my own actually <laughs> it's just it's that weird thing of like they seem so annoyed about you but then at the same time it's like they can't see the fact that they're so obsessed over something so insignificant yeah and every time someone brought that up it's like I'm not obsessed with it I just want an explanation for why it's the case and it's just like I'm not obsessed but I'm going to tweet about it all day yeah I'm going to spend an was entire like... day just like tweeting about it constantly and having arguments with strangers about it yeah and i think it was three straight days and there's as of you know today international women's day uh, you know you go get them girls like that is the last the last thing i got from them is just them roasting themselves being like this is what armchair psychologists are like it's like you did the exact same the literal one of the literal first things you said to me is like carl you need to get help Clearly, like the like running a channel is taking too much of a toll on you if you're like doing this to comments. Like, what am I doing? I don't know what I did. Just look, YouTube ate your comment. Move on, and they seemingly can't move on. Or a, I, I like that's the thing they might have stopped, but I I assure you that they still give a shit. Oh, they give a they give the biggest shit. Because even if they've, like, stopped screaming into the void at this point, you know that they're salty as fuck about it. Of course they are, yeah. But like I said, there's a reason why they sent me multiple messages of, like, here's what my comment is, can you find it and restore it? I like checking the comment. I had replies to it and now I can't see them. Like, part of them is genuinely upset that this happened. Mm -hmm. And then just one final thing that came from them that I just sent my size into orbit. Mate, unlike you, I don't attach my life to what I do on the internet. Says person that's seemingly like super attached to a single comment on YouTube from a year ago, mm-hmm. and that just sent me. But that resulted in though, I got a my favorite Galaxy Brain take that I always get. And do you want to guess what my my favorite Galaxy Brain take is, Lucas? When it comes to issues like this, I mean, I've got like, whenever like. Whenever someone, like, you know, we get one of these weirdos and I just, like, tell them to go fuck themselves, essentially. What does someone always come in when they've got to be, like, the contrarian? And, well, actually. I don't, I, I, I'm, my brain is not working. I'm struggling. Okay. Well, I got the one. 
Uh, after all that, like, I thought that was all done and dusted. Like, you know, I've ignored the guy now. Like, you can still tweet at me if he wants. He's not blocked. If he wants to tweet at me, he can. I'm just not going to respond anymore because I had my fun. I got my, like, you know, 40 minutes of podcast. Because I saw it and went, this is a podcast. <laughs> this is like, this is half a podcast right here. Uh, I just got a tweet in response of, do you realize how much influence you have on that comment? Uh, or did you ever realize how much influence you have? Their comment is probably seen by you and like, what, 10 other people. Your posts are seen by hundreds, if not thousands of people. Do you know how badly that could affect someone's mental health, seeing you publicly humiliate them? Like online. But they came at you and on a public platform. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm going to be a huge fucking dickhead to this public figure publicly on a publicly viewable account mm-hmm. and actively wish for their career to fail for them to... Like, and, and all manner of things this guy said that we've not even gotten into. Yeah. Of just like wishing that my channel would fail, hoping that like, you know, I lose my job. Uh, and that, like you know, I'm not just all manner of things. It's like, I'm, like he's allowed to do that, but the instant I just say shut the fuck up, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you know how like, mean that can be? Do you know the toll saying something like that to someone can take on their mental health? Right. No, I've got no idea. I've never had anybody yeah. do that to me. Yeah, I, I have got no idea. Like the toll, um, just an endless barrage of negative comments online can take on someone's mental health. Me, person who had to take a like three month hiatus for that exact reason. And I think as well, we both have like kind of similar viewpoint of like if someone's done that in like a DM or in an email or something, we don't name and shame. Nope. I always, if anyone follows my social media accounts, whenever I share stuff like that, all personally identifiable information is blocked out with the exception of if someone tweets at me publicly. At that point, if you've decided to have an argument on a public platform, then it being public is your problem. Yeah. People have sent me um, both, you know, hate and questions privately, and I will either not respond or respond privately. Mm -hmm. And if they want to do that publicly, I will do it publicly. Yeah, and if I share stuff publicly, I'll always, like, um, block out their name, block out their profile picture. Mm Mm-hmm. And usually I don't I use it as a, like, a discussion of like the one I always put is why are people like this? And I use it as an example of the kind of stuff I have to deal with in the background and the peripheral of running the channel because I think it serves as a good example. Like these are the kind of things that happen to me behind the scenes that I also have to be aware of alongside you know, just the actual physical act of running a channel. Yeah, showcasing that like to people that might not realise the shit that gets sent to you, like here's an example, but yeah, when you do that from a DM, you, as you say, you black out any information. Every time, unless they do it publicly. And it's just that th- that galaxy brain take of just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Aren't you being a little, isn't this a little uncalled for from you? It's like, well, their thing was completely out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And the thing that they're annoyed about is not a legitimate concern. Because I've had people in the past bring up legitimate concerns. Uh, examples of like where we used um, uh, problematic language in videos. Or have like you know gotten things wrong that could be considered like uh, skewed in um, uh, a way uh, that could be considered offensive. I've always taken those criticisms to heart and generally will respond publicly if the person allows me to, or privately, and then share the message afterwards. Um, you know, we sort of, um, that. So we had something about like a language I used was seen to be um, uh, derogatory towards trans people, and that was a complete accident, and I was very apologetic. But if like, your problem is my YouTube comment with 958 likes got deleted, like why should I respond to that with anything other than just mocking disdain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Of like, why do you give a fuck? There's a big difference between like, yeah, something that is a genuine like concerning thing that we need to to change, and just like, oh, I'm really upset that I can't take my alternate account to go look at my YouTube comment. And that's what made it so hilarious. The guy, by his own, in the literal first tweet, or something, is like one of my accounts. It's like, well, tweet on your other fucking, like, message on your other fucking account, then. Yeah, even if, if you we care had that hidden much. one of your accounts, like go and comment on another account, but they don't care about their ability to comment. They care about their okay. ability to view that one comment that seemingly did well. Yeah. And it would appear, I can't say for sure, but from the way they were talking, they left that comment a year ago and have spent a year periodically checking on it to see if it's got more likes. Mm. And just the day they saw it was missing, it like said that thing in their head and they've like done multiple account changes to try and find it and eventually got to the point of I need to message the owner of the account, see if they can find it. And as I said, like they were seemingly like despondent over the idea this comment had been lost and were in and evidently driven to just like a searing rage when the uh, the prospects of it not being returned was raised. Because the moment they learn that there's nothing I can really do or it's not coming back, they just responded with um, aggression. Just remember, folks, that life is fleeting. We will all die someday and don't attach your entire life meaning to a fucking YouTube comment. Things are more well, important think, in life. Well, that's one of the things I've said like in one of the pinned tweets I did. It's like, um, I think the actual, if you go to my Twitter account now, if you're listening to this recently, because it does change every now and again, my banner is it's a comment i'll find it now um, from someone someone on the sonic video we did sonic has no uh, sonic has no personality besides being cool in quotation marks with a quotation from a quote from me from the video and their response to that is actually end your life unironically and that's another one where they spent i think two three days in the comment section so i just pinned that one and i just put as my response if you're out there and you ever think that you're wasting your life or you're not using the time you have here on earth effectively Keep in mind that you've not spent a quantifiable percentage of one of your days wishing death upon a YouTuber for insulting a fictional hedgehog. <laughs> and I just left, pinned that, left that comment, I didn't think any more about it. And then I think oh, while I was like checking the numbers for it, I saw that that thread was like 80 fucking comments long, and that guy's been responding the entire time. I was going to say, you know that like 30 of those comments are from that one person. Responding to his own thing of being like, no, no, fuck you. It's actually really important. It's like, there it is, folks. If you ever think that you're wasting time, like you're not wasting as much time as other people. So don't be so hard on yourself. Speaking of which, if people want to waste time, Lucas, but they want to waste time in a way that supports us. And if they want to leave comments on content that we've made, so they could periodically check every couple of days for the next year and a half. Where would they do that for you? Uh, I mean, you know, you can come and watch me play some video games and have a nice conversation. In my chat no, no. over on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Legend of Canto. And then your YouTube channel is the same, yes? Uh, Legend of Canto on YouTube as well. I'm currently not as active on there. Um, yeah. And we can... But yeah, and then like if you want to hopefully leave nice comments on my social media, it's just like Canto Legend underscore. Yeah, and if you want to see just more searing, hot, sizzling nuclear takes... And me just putting out those fires. It's like, you know, a bucket of sand that says get wrecked on it. You can follow me on Twitter at Cal Smallwood. I can't promise that, but I will talk about Pokemon every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say like, next week, should we do the Q&A episode for next yeah, week? Yeah, we've got next quite, week we'll have a, a, quite a pile of them. 
We'll do a Q&A episode for next week. And then the week after that, we've probably got, we can announce the new content we're going to be producing. Because it'll be around the time that's happening. All secrets. Big secret. Big secret. Right, no, Lucas, the channel's dying. Channel's dead. Meanwhile, we're here with like ideas for like 10 new fucking video series. Shut up. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> secrets, Carl. Secrets. <laughs>